Here's some stuff I found really fascinating when I was sort of really cutting my teeth reviewing phones specifically in my earlier days at Techno Buffalo a little while back. Um, the 600 line from Snapdragon's or Qualcomm's Snapdragon processors. These are usually the line that they use to bring the higher end features to lower end devices. Okay. So I, I, th whenever I see a device announced with a 600 line SOC from Qualcomm, I hesitate because the first device I reviewed with a device with a processor like this is the HTC A9, and that had a 60 something or other in it. It was a it was a modern device that HTC tried to bill as a as a flagship, at least at the time. I think they like reneged on that later, um, but it 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 failed miserably, in my opinion, on many levels. Not the least of which was that the the processor under the hood is in like inferior, far inferior to something from the 800 line, even the 801. I would have preferred an 801 in that thing, um, believe it or not. I, I suppose an 808 would be ideal because I think that one was out already at the time. But the, the processors uh, in the 600 line are really just packing support for better specs like support for higher megapixel cameras, support for um, higher throughput antennas uh support for things like uh machine learning support for high def experiences audio codecs things that that weren't there before uh front end support things that support uh, uh more more power delivery methods like qualcomm's own quick charge right uh quick charge again really quick really quick charge is independent from the usb-c standard of quick charging qualcomm's quick charge is its own thing entirely okay that's their proprietary quick charging technology and that is one of the really big things that they that they bill as a selling point with these 600 line processors when in reality all these things all happened already they also build like things like support for biometric security iris scanning facial recognition fingerprint scanning to a lower end processor and that's cool because it, it means that lower end devices have access to these cool features but those lower end devices are inherently lower end the for example the most recent one here that they're talking about is the 660 which is the follow-up to the 650 line um the 660 line has support for all of those things that, were, that I that I just mentioned. 4K video capture, all kinds of high color bit support for the camera and the screen. All that fun stuff has been around for a long time. This is basically a grand reopening. Okay, the what's exciting? Please make no mistake. What's exciting about these features coming to the 600 line is that other devices that are lower end, like a next bit of Robin or something like that, will be able to support some of these more high end features. But this to me is an oxymoron because the system on a chip itself, the processor itself, it, the definition of the 600 line is that we take these high end features and stick them on a low end chipset. So the performance of the chipset isn't, isn't it's, it's not like you're going down to an i5 from an i7, it's more like you're going down to an i3. So the, the trade-off in performance is, in my mind, 
really not worth it. So I have a very high tendency to dismiss out of pocket. I say out of pocket out of, on purpose instead of out of hand. Uh, a, a, a device with a Snapdragon 600 line system on a chip because even though it might support all these cool new features, inherently that processor is just gonna lag behind the rest. So hooray, you've got support for all these cool new features, but with a brain that isn't beefy enough to handle them to begin with, I don't know what difference it makes. So I've yet to see a device with a Snapdragon 600 line processor under the hood. Can you do me a favor? Let me know if you've seen or heard of one or used one yourself. Something with a Snapdragon 600 line processor under the hood that you're actually impressed with. Hit that call in button, you might wind up on the show. Wow. This is amazing. This is so cool. Oh shit, wait, hi. Welcome to the Burst Mode. Welcome, hi, my name's Mark. Uh, you're listening to the Burst Mode. We're talking about tech, phones, mobile, Android, video games, movies, TV, geek culture, all that stuff. Dude, this is so cool. Check this out, ready? Read this thing on Engadget that a team at Carnegie Mellon University is working on an electromagnetic emissions sensing piece of hardware and software to go with it that will help replace NFC in the very near future, right? So right now we use NFC near field communication uh, for one antenna to communicate with another antenna. It's different uh, from RFID, which is a radio frequency identifier. That's what we use for things like uh, our 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 like uh, Metro cards. Ventra here in Chicago uses RFID. You can use that for ID cards, for for buildings, for security cards, things like that. It's great for that. RFID is really just looking for proximity. NFC has codable stuff in there. You can you can turn an NFC tag into a password. You can turn it into a link. You can turn it into a photo that you can download to your phone. It'll store that data on it. Uh, NFC tags are really, really versatile, but they have their own problems. A, you have to align the antenna. So uh, on your phone, as you as you're aware, I'm sure you have to get the antenna that's on your phone directly to line up with a tag or another phone, something like that, if you want to pass information from one to the other. That is in and of itself a frustrating thing, right? Uh, it's also not terribly convenient because it requires support on both ends. You can pay with NFC on your phone using Android Pay, Apple Pay. Uh, Samsung Pay uses a different technology altogether. That uses something much more like what we're about to talk about here. That simulates the presence of a magnetic swipe. So it uses electromagnetic technology uh, to pretend like a swipe is actually occurring in the POS's swiper device. All right, that's very different from saying over NFC, hey, there's a secure card present here. All right, so what they're actually working on at Carnegie Mellon is technology to allow phones to use the electromagnetic emissions that every electronic device emits to identify it because every electrical device has its own unique electromagnetic field. So that alone can be used as an idea as long as the, de the device isn't actually off-off, like with no power. So they used a Moto G from 2013, modified it with some hardware and software, custom, of course, to, to whip up this custom prototype, and it'll interact with other digital devices just by tapping on them. So if you've got a smart doorknob, a smart thermostat, a smart light, lamp, whatever, 
you don't have to do anything except for tap on the device. And then in doing so, it would give you some contextual controls. So if you tap on your lamp that has a, a, a LiFX bulb in there, you can change the color of the bulb, whatever. You can get to your LiFX settings. It's really, really, really neat, man. Tapping a TV or a Chromecast audio would pop up the cast button and then you can connect to that speaker. Uh, it's really cool. You can send files, select text, do all kinds of future interface. This is the kind of thing that really opens doors to being able to interact and communicate with technology around us. There are a bunch of, of projects on Kickstarter that you can find right now these days. Uh, there's one called Naki that sticks to a service and makes any surface smart. So you can like knock on it with any kind of, you know, combination of knocks if you're that kind of a person uh, and it'll do stuff. There's other ones that'll actually use infrared cameras like a Kinect would uh, or like the, the iris scanner in your S8 might uh, to, to look at your room and use that 3D information to look at your hands in the space of the room and be able to use that to know what you're pointing to. So you could, for example, reach out and grab an imaginary knob while reaching towards your TV screen and turn it left or right and it would turn the volume up and down. Same with a, with a, a, a light up above you. The, these kinds of technologies really are already starting to awaken, so to speak, the, the, the objects around us f f to allow them to be able to speak for themselves. It's fascinating stuff.